The Bar Star Podcast, hosted by Stephen O'Reilly, is a podcast about working musicians, their friends, and their opinions. Stephen is a musician in Louisville, Kentucky, who has... Wait a second. This guy's a drummer, not a real musician? Somebody gave a drummer a microphone for his voice? The hell? Unreal. Unbelievable. episode of the Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly, and I want to thank you for taking the time to hang out with me again. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good week, and I hope you guys actually went out and did some shit. And I am not flying solo today. I am hanging out with my buddy, David Hoback. How are you, sir? I'm very good, and you? I am fantastic. I love very, this. Very, very fantastic. <laughs> So how's things? How's life? Good, man. You know, playing with some cool bands. Uh, good job, all that kind of mess. It's uh, it's good stuff. Playing okay right now. So uh, you're better than okay. I've seen you. Hey guys, just a quick heads up. You're gonna hear some crazy noises. Sounds like we're hitting a microphone or something like that. Uh, it is completely my fault. I forgot to move the chair mat on my floor in my office where we recorded the show. And I didn't realize it till after Dave left, and I didn't want to redo the episode because the conversation between us was so good that I just left him in there and tried to silence it as much as I could. So if you could overlook those noises, I would appreciate it. But I just wanted to give you a heads up so you'll be aware that I am aware that everybody's aware that there's some strange shit going on. So now back to whatever we were talking about. You've listened to... A couple of my episodes, so you know that we're not going to do... I'm not going to ask you a bunch of dumbass questions. I'll ask you some questions. Right. But we're not, I'm not going to do an interview. Nobody cares about that shit. But I do have an interesting story to start with. Was there... You and I have not known each other that long. Months, literally. Yeah. But we... Where did we meet? Because I don't remember. I have a very shitty memory. We actually met at Mom's Music. Okay. I was there trying to generate a little business... Um, a, a teacher was getting ready to go on vacation, and I was trying to pick up the students. We were outside. You came out. That's and right. And I said, hey, man, that's Stephen right. O'Reilly. He's like, hey, there's Hoback. You know, and we, we right. met just yep. briefly. You were on, I think you were going to rehearsal or something. It was just, boom, see you later. And then we really got to know each other at QM. We did, but I saw you play before that because I, you played with... Uh, Mary Mary at the River Stage. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we met this past summer. Right. But one of the things that you and I talked about uh, at QM, which we will never reveal what that stands for, uh, <laughs> was is uh, one of the things we <clears throat> talked about was your story because you, you're you not from here. No, no, I am. I am. But you left. No, I left for a bit. Well, I mean... All right, so... Yeah, don't give me the part where you were born. No shit. No, okay, yeah, right. I got that part. Right, right, right. So <laughs> I, I, went, I, I went to school at Manual Youth Performing Arts School, came out of that, um, went to Belmont for a moment or two, lived in Nashville for just a tick. Now, you're talking about Belmont in Nashville. In Nashville. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the college. Um, two glorious collegiate semesters there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this sucks! I can't wait to get out of here. So I went on the road with the country band for a bit. You know, got to do some really cool things. Got the bus, you know, all that jazz, and then moved back. Played around Louisville for a decade or so, something like that. Speak English, Hopscotch Army, Midnight Special were some of the the, the heavy hitters, I guess. Uh, left Hopscotch Army for a minute or two, and then that re-emerged as a band called Cooler. And then Cooler did some really cool things, recorded all that mess. And then I was like, well, you know, I've maxed out. Let's go to Los Angeles where everybody was going. I was going to go to Manhattan or Los Angeles. Right. So I wound up in Los Angeles. Fucking hate that place, man. Really? You didn't like oh, it at all? I didn't like it at all. I mean, it was just. When did you move out there? What, uh, like what 98. Time period. So you moved out there in 98? 98. And I was only out there for a year and a half, maybe two, close to it or something like that. So, well, I can see why you hated it, though. Not to interrupt you, but I, I guess when guys like... Because how old are you? I'll be... Well, I was actually just 53 for a whole year. December 8th. 
Your birthday is December 8th? Yeah. yeah. Right. My birthday is very close to yours. I don't tell anybody when my birthday is because I absolutely hate my birthday. But happy late birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you are officially 10 years older than me. I'm 43. Oh, right I just now. turned 43. Right to be um, 43 again. Oh. Yeah, I know. But I guess what I, what I was getting at is a lot of people in my age group and your age group too, when we think of L.A., we think Sunset Strip days, but you were there way past yes. that. Okay, yes. I got you. Right. Now I can see probably why you hated it. Right. Well, I mean, it's just, I went out there, tons of auditions, all that kind of mess, and, you know, got to play a few of the clubs, all the cool ones, all that. You know, and I just got tired of being lied to, man. I mean, backstabbing bullshit. I mean, everybody out there wants something for nothing, and they'll lie about it to get nothing out of you. Well, we are in that business. Uh, well, I know, man. <laughs> well, I'm just used to my bird right. and my vilt. No, I you get know, it. We all get along, man. I mean, we take well, care most of each of other. It, well, indeed. But 90% of us, 95. There's a few of y'all that don't like me, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Well, no, but th- but that's cool because <laughs> so, that's what I-, I had asked you that one day yeah. in QM, and and we were talking about hanging out and right. going to get a drink, and yeah. instead we're here in front of a microphone, right, right. You know, and then and the, to polish all that off, you know, I was out there and I woke up in Laguna Beach, and I was like, dude, you know, it's not going to happen for you. Right. You need to do something else. So I called my dad, moved back. Um, worked in my dad's auto repair center for ten years, you know, and then I was just you know sitting around. I was like. You know, this, you know, dad sold the business. It's time to do something else. Like, let's get back into it. Started going on, you know, auditions and all that kind of mess. But you never quit playing. You just, you just stopped playing, quote unquote, you stopped playing out. Right, right. Well, you know, I'd get, I'd get, you know, calls. I'd I'd play five or six, ten times a year. One in particular that I used to play a lot for was Nervous Melvin. So that got me out and all that mess. Well, when did you come back to Louisville? 2001. 2000. Oh, so you've been here that long? Yes, yes. You've just been, quote, out of the scene. Right. I got you. Exactly. I think I've been back in two and a half years now. Two, I got you. Something okay. like that. Because yeah. I, I remember we had, we had talked about that one day um, because you figured out that I was a transplant because I'm not from here. Right. Um, in fact, soon. A lot happened while I was gone. You happened. You know, the whole Kimmett and Doug thing happened. <laughs> you said it, you happened. <laughs> I mean, really. All these cats, you know, right. moved in from out of town. And, you know, I was like. You know, who the fuck are these people? And why didn't I know them during right. the 80s and 90s and stuff, you know, when we were all coming up? Because we're all kind of like the same age. Yeah. Well, I, I think, and I don't, I'm not going to get into my story, how I wound up in Louisville today. I'll probably, eventually, yeah. I might do a show on that. But um, I got here because of a band. I mm-hmm. was going through a, right. a bunch of shit when I was down in Atlanta, and yeah. I got an offer to move up here, and I went, Kentucky? No. And then the more I thought about it, I went, well, I'll just try it. It's a change of scenery. I like the band. Right, right. Uh, that band was Heaven Hill. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that band or not. I remember. No, that was the alcohol. Never mind. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> remembers the alcohol. Um, but anyway, that's, I'll, 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 like I said, I'll do that later. But um, that's how I showed up. Right. I got here in February of 2007. Yeah. Actually, my first show here was New Year's Eve 2007. Right. Um, and then I moved, I officially moved here a month later Yeah, and I've been here since, you know, that's, that's how I got back into the scenes. Like all these monster players, I mean, where were they? And then I found out later they were transplants and they, they moved here. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. It's more the merrier. And I mean, right. Let's get it on. Yeah. No. And, and that's, that's, that's the, um, cool part about Louisville. Louisville is an interesting, um, I guess you could say music community. It's very interesting. And because I'm not from here, I don't mind saying this. It's very clicky, I've noticed. But there are definitely some monster-ass players here. Right. How long have you been playing? Oh, my dad was a drummer. I can't remember not playing. Really? Yep. That's awesome. Yep. My dad was a uh, machine tool salesman and a car junkie. There you go. I am the only one in my family that plays anything. Well, I have a cousin that plays trumpet, but he quit. So it's it's just me. They swear I'm the milkman's kid. My dad says the same thing. He's like, I swear to God, I picked up the wrong baby. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you get that whole smoking in the bandit thing. When I get home, I'm going to smack your mama in the mouth for cheating on me. (laughs) I picked up the wrong baby. Baby. This is a true story. I I, uh, adore my father. He's an amazing man. Me too. I actually... literally had to teach my mother how to draw a line with a ruler 
Not making that up. I had to teach her how to draw a straight line with a ruler. No artistic uh, capability, uh, no creative uh, anything. Uh, yep, yep. I'm like, are you sure you're my mom? <laughs> are you sure? I mean, I know my pop is my pop. There's no yeah. denying that, yeah. but you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, since you've listened to the show, you know a few of the things that I do. One of the things I do is social media issues. Mm-hmm. Today on Social Media Issues, Mr. Hoback, you and I started to have a conversation in, I think we were in Baxter's, correct? Yes. Yes. In the little green room that they have upstairs, I believe. Maybe. We were in the green room. Was it green? I think it's actually red. I, I think it actually is. Red? Black leather? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> know what color it is anyway we were having a conversation about how drummers are super ridiculously competitive especially their opinions yes we are an opinionated group correct we we happen to be um but the reason i wanted to talk about it was i find it interesting at least me for myself i find it interesting that everybody's opinion is a hundred percent right and you don't oh. know shit. Oh my god! <laughs> For <laughs> let's 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 just okay. This this was my thing. All right. So I asked opinion on. I think it was Louisville drummers. Yeah, it was because a bunch of my friends were responding, and uh, I guess we got a few national guys out there on Louisville drummers. And I said, you know, and I've got I've got a problem, you know. And you and I hit pretty hard. And at my snare drum on the, the four lugs that are closest to your junk right there are backing off. And down on the, the, the snare head, it's backing off too. Right. And I just asked the question, very simple. Does anybody know anything out there that would you know help me correct this? Because in the studio, it becomes a problem because the snare is changing all the time. Yeah, you're changing you pitch. You know, you got... You- you got to take care of that. For the non-drummers, you actually do have to tune drums. They don't just come in a right. box and you just hit them <laughs> and, and they're great. No, and, you have to and you have to have and, maintenance. And to me, I mean, it's way harder to tune than a guitar or anything else because, I mean, we got all kinds of different, you know, we got 10 lugs times two. Yep. Then the snare or, you know, you got to, you know, snare, you know, guitar players just get to hook it up to a thing and go, e, <laughs> er, 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 and, you know, we're loving to go, this doesn't sound right, you know. <laughs> So anyway, they answered the question eventually, but you know, everybody was like, well, what kind of, you know, your technique, I mean, are you hitting too hard? What are you using? A ball peen hammer for, you know, I I didn't ask that. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't ask you to correct my technique. I asked you, (laughs) what can I do? And it just went on and on. I mean, and this thread was huge of people just being, being assholes. No, I get it. I get it. It's just like, that's why I wanted to talk about it because I feel with the social media issues or the social media aspect of it, I get people have opinions. I'm an opinionated bitch. I freely yeah, admit it. Yeah. But I don't try to shove my opinions down your throat like I'm the authority of the authority beyond right. the authority. I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I've noticed that it only happens on social media because if you and I are having a conversation or if I'm having a conversation with another drummer and I ask a question or I give an opinion, we just kind of look at each other and we talk about it for five minutes and it's done. When you're on social media, Here it goes we go. on and on and on and fucking on, and right. it just never stops. Right. Right. And I don't understand, and it fascinates me at the same time, how everything on social media just becomes amplified times a million. One of the other things I've noticed is, besides the what you were just talking about, I call those assholes. You yeah. ever heard that? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's <laughs> because it's not what I wanted, asshole. Uh, <laughs> But there's that, and then there's the other part of everybody shits on everybody else. Well, you don't know what you're doing. Like the question yeah. about the ball peen hammer. Yeah. I didn't ask you to critique my technique. Right. I asked about gear. Right. How hard I hit is none of your fucking business. Right. But it's just immediate. They try to shit on it, or it always turns into an argument of who the best drummer is, oh, which is my favorite. Right. It's my favorite <laughs> ever. And I actually saw this in a thread once a few years ago. Somebody was trying to pit Joey Jordison, the drummer for Slipknot, mm-hmm. against Steve Jordan, 
the drummer for John Mayer. They're both phenomenal drummers. Stupid good. They're worlds apart in their, in their styles and the way they play and how they, the music they play. What idiot would even look at those two and go, wow, one's better than the other one. That doesn't even fucking make sense. The same guy was probably trying to pit John Bonham against Buddy Rich. (laughs) (laughs) Or his son was. Listen here, lad. This is the way you do that. <laughs> no, come on, man. That's pretty good. You know? pretty, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. But what I don't understand, and and I'm I'm not. It's a rhetorical question because I'm never going to get an answer. Yeah. I just don't get why guys, girls, but for the most part, we're talking about dudes. Why they just decide that they're the fucking authority on everything? Because here's the thing, and this is going to come off shitty and arrogant, and I don't really care. I went to fucking music school. I graduated at 4.0. I have some knowledge. Mm-hmm. I'm not a complete dimwit. Right. Now, that being said, I know I don't know everything, but I just don't get the whole, well, you haven't tried this, and maybe you need to, you're sitting too low. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. Right. And no, Joey Jordison is not better than Steve Jordan or vice versa. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Buddy Rich. <laughs> well, right. It's just. But uh, I just but don't get it. It's just you know it's the, it's the whole thing with the social media thing. I, I call it like cyberbullying, if you will, because you know nobody if if a lot of guys wouldn't say what they said on Facebook to me or you or to anybody else if they were sitting across the table. You know they they, right. they want to like you know try to yank right. your chain you know with a keyboard and you're just going you know, what come on man you know I ask you a question I didn't ask. You know, it's it's a gear related question, right? You know, so give me a gear related answer. It's it's not a playing technique question, right, man? I didn't ask you about yeah. my technique. Right, yeah. I, me and my technique, we're fine. You know, it's like, like pe- people picking on people and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. I would never do that nose to nose. Oh hell no! Yeah. I did another show, and I'm not sure if it will air before this one or after this one. Mm-hmm. But one of the shows I did in the social media issues was Dirty Laundry. Oh my God. People airing dirty laundry. It's it it's almost kind of the same thing because people that air their dirty laundry, I, I'm of the firm belief, dude, go get in that person's face. And I don't mean in a shitty way, just so, hey man, I, I heard some shit was going down. Yeah. What's up? People don't do that face to face. They'll do it behind a keyboard. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if you can hear that. Right. But they'll do it behind a keyboard. Yeah. And I just don't get it. Yeah. I call it typey, typey, typey. Mm-hmm. Don't be a douche. Right. Just. Just talk to me, man. Yeah. Talk Let's to have me. a conversation. Right. It's really not that fucking hard. Right. It's really not. <laughs> Some guy. You know my come on now? You know, a lot of people that might listen to this now, it's pronounced neh. N-E-H. Come on, neh. Come on, neh. Neh. And it's just another way to say now, but it has as many kind of, or uh, as many uses as the word fuck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. Come on, knee. <laughs> or a hot chick. Come on, knee. <laughs> so there. <laughs> and, Word and, pronunciations yeah, right, with David right, Hoback. Right. You know, the, the many uses of the N-E-H. But so th- this guy was trying to bully me just, just real quick. You know, no, no, no. I, I went, come on now, and did my thing. And, you know, he wants this gig that I, I'm getting ready to get. Don't talk stuff. about me on my own show. Right. And he's, he, he, brought, he wrote in there, dumbass picture. You know? And I was like, oh, wow, you really hurt my feelings. That, and I was like, thank you, sir. <laughs> this made him even worse. You guys want to start Thanks. shit with me, and he doesn't even fucking know me. Well, you I, know, doesn't even live in the same state. So he doesn't even live here? He lives in like <laughs> north. Well, I shouldn't say. Yeah, he lives in Kokomo or something like that, I found out. And I looked at his profile. Oh, that like, one song the Beach Boys wrote? Kokomo. <laughs> I, I guess I, one of those things. One of those things. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's never going to change. I mean, I'm yeah. obviously not naive. You're not either. Yeah. It's never going to change. But I do think it's, I think it's worth talking about just so people can kind of at least think about it. Yeah. That was one of the things I said in the other episode when I was talking about the dirty laundry thing. Don't accuse somebody of some shit if you don't have any proof. Just think about it. Talk to somebody. We're sitting across from right. each other. I'm look. I'm looking into your eyes. But you know what I mean? I, we're having a conversation. Right. I, I just think that people... Social media is amazing. It is the most amazing marketing tool in, in the free I world. I have made a shitload of money off of Facebook. I, I have as well. I mean, I've a done, shitload. 
I, I've I've done the same thing. I've been able to promote and mm-hmm. do all kinds of yeah. things and do yeah. great marketing. It, it's amazing. But I think it's just like everything else. It just gets abused, and mm-hmm. people just don't know how to use it. Well, it's the site. You know, they, they don't have the ass to do it face to face. No. So they'll do it. You know, looking at a screen. Right. You know. Right. Which is sometimes my my beautiful wife has a tendency to call me an asshole, and a lot of people in town think I'm an asshole, and I'm okay with it. I'm not an asshole. I'm just not going to sugarcoat to save your fucking feelings. Right. If you're a dick. I'm going to tell you you're a dick. Yeah. If you're an amazing human being, I'm going to tell you you're an amazing human being. Indeed. You, Jerry's still out on you. No, no shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been talking to my parents? <laughs> I'll never. We were texting the other day. We were chatting Even on after, FaceSpace. After the, you know, 53 years of Jerry's still out on that. Like, well, we, we might want to give up on, on, on the boy and concentrate on the girl. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I will go on record while we're still in social media issues. I will say that picture <coughs> you posted of your of your dad buying you some drum gear at 53 years old for your birthday. Hell yeah. I'm going on record. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. That is the coolest shit ever. Oh, my gosh. Props to your, Absol- props to your pops. Oh, man. I, I've props got the, to your pops. I got the coolest parents on the planet. I really do. I got one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So enough bashing on social media right. issues, and then we're just going to bash ourselves out of jobs if right. we're not careful. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, be nice to each other, people. Stop shitting on everybody. Damn it. It's just not worth it. So let's move on to stories from the stage. So this section uh, can be entirely good, bad, or indifferent. It's up to you. In the very first episode, one of the things I was excited about was stories from the stage with whoever's in here hanging out with me. Because I've been on stage at least 2,000 times. I'm probably thinking it's closer to 2,500. So I know, because you're like all older than me and right, shit, right. you've been on stage more than me, yeah. and you did shit in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you got to have something good. This, this, this story actually happens in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh. Yeah. And you don't have to throw anybody under the bus if you no, want No, no, no. This, this, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm, you're in I'm, a safe space. Oh, my God. Let's go to our safe room and collect our fucking participation trophy. Good Lord. Um, so, <laughs> you know. Come on, so I, I remember your story about the the metal hippie thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a, a oh my god a crazy one so too. So brutal. So back, uh, I guess it was early mid '90s, something like that. So I'm playing with Hopscotch Army, and we're playing Butcher Town Pub, a place you know it's gone now. Unfortunately, I love that place. And I've heard of it. Yeah, back then in in Louis Tucky, we played from in like Phoenix Hill Tavern. You'd play from. Hold Louis, up, what the hell is Louis Tucky? Louis Tucky, it's just Louis Tucky, man. It's where you live there now, you know. And <laughs> and so this is the part of the show where I wish there was a camera in here because I just looked around like somebody <laughs> fucking shot me or or farted really nasty. Oh yeah, that one too. So you played from Wednesday to Sunday night or, you know, and then Butchertown Pub, you'd play from Wednesday to Saturday. So it must have been a Wednesday or Thursday night because it was kind of slow and we're up there playing and, you know, the people there are really drunk because you're not out on a Wednesday or Thursday unless you want to be really drunk for some reason. Right. So we're playing, I don't know, should I stay or should I go or something like that. And, the, you know, there's these two really cute girls out on the dance floor and these guys come in and they're all drunk and rowdy and they start doing their own little mosh pit. And they start roughhousing these girls, man. Well, you know, I'm not having it. So, you know, I take my stick, man, and I just, and I, it was perfect. I bounced it right off the guy's head. Blam! I mean, knocked the shit out of him. So they're all pissed, you know? I mean, I just, you know, as as much as a drumstick can knock the shit out of somebody, I guarantee he saw some Tweety Birds because I threw it just as hard as I could. Back then as well, they had off-duty police officers or parole officers running security there. Right. So here we go. So it's break time. Dave and I'm com- got in trouble. I did. Dave got in trouble. <laughs> so here, here we go. And back then it was like the 20 cabinets and stuff. So you had, you know, these big, huge stacks right. on either side of the stage. So here I come marching off the stage. And uh, I see them coming at me. And I was like, it's game time. Something's getting ready to happen. So they get ready to jump me. Before, you know, this guy was like, we want 
And he got about that much out of it, and I just plowed him. I nailed him right as hard as I could in the nose, just try to, you know, because I was afraid they was going to get me back there and beat the shit out of me. Right. So I, was, it, it, I was literally scared to death. So now I'm fighting. How like, do you handle fear? Yeah. Punch people. People. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's, it was my first, like, multi-fight. I was fighting three guys, man, and I was doing my best, man. And all of a sudden, before we know anything, boom, they, they gathered all of us up and threw us all out the emergency door. And we all land in a big pile. We're all nicked up and scuffed up and everything. And here comes Stuart Neff. He's like, don't kick him out. Don't kick him out. He's got two more sets. <laughs> I'm not and done with him. And then he's, he's, you know, we'll worry about him later. So they kicked the other guys out. So that's kind of like my story from this stage. That's I mean, a that's, good one, though. I, mean, I like know, it. You know, it's got the, you know, and so I'm up there. You know, I've got like you know a black eye. My nose is bleeding a little bit. You know, they dinged me up pretty good. It's three gets one, man. I didn't fare so well. <laughs> and this is I, straight out of some movie. You shit. know, you know, I'm up there like you know trying to you know keep my nose from bleeding in between. Trying not to get blood on your drums. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was funny. That's and pretty funny. And all the guys are looking back there while they're playing. <laughs> Dumbass, man. <laughs> How old were you? Oh God. What was it? I guess thirty something. I don't know. Let's do, we could do the math. I think yeah, it had to be thirty something. Well, we can't do math on this show. No, no. Okay. Two drummers. We'll come up with eight. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I got four. You got four. That's it. Come on, dude. No math on the show. <laughs> you take two and four. I'll take one and three. <laughs> that still doesn't equal eight. Right. Fuck. <laughs> It's a pretty good story. I like that. Oh my god! Next time, you know, we'll do, we'll do a happy story. I'll tell you about a girl or something. Well, you did. You were defending her honor. Well, I got the hidden meaning behind yeah, it. You know, just you chivalry with a drumstick. <laughs> All right. So enough of stage stories. This is a section that will be the first where you're going to get two. What am I listening to's? Except it's going to be what am I listening to, and what is a Mister Hoback listening to? What do you got for me? What are you listening to these days? What are you jamming on? Typically, what I listen to is whatever I'm working on for a project. Yeah, that doesn't count. What doesn't? Not today. Well, because... Because I do that too, and nobody wants to hear that shit. Well, the thing about it is, is that that's what I listen to. Like, for instance, uh, I'm playing with Soul Circus now, which is a super fun gig. And what I'm listening to now is like average white band. You know, Parliament and the Funkadelic. So you're going back old school. Old stuff. And the reason why I'm listening to it is because, you know, it's, it's, it's that happy medium between playing way behind the beat and not dragging. Right. And then the super simple, super simple drum fills and everything that right. just fit perfectly. For, for instance, let me give you another example that's on the other side. Hold okay. that thought. Okay. For the non-drummers out there. Playing behind the beat, just think old school funk. The drummers will get it, obviously, but the, just the music listeners, just think that old school funk that makes you wrinkle your nose like you smelled something nasty. Yeah. That's if, behind the beat. And okay, if you're, if you're not dancing, you want to be. Right. Yeah. Involuntary body movement. Right, exactly. That's behind the beat. All right, back so, to you. And see, and there's, there's another thing, you know, putting the perfect drum fills or stuff together um, for one certain band, uh, Mood Ring. I, I, I learned. Um, James Taylor's and I keep, people have heard me talk about this, so you're gonna have to listen to it another time. But no, 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 no. For, for, feel for free. Instance, you have the, as the much James time Ta- as you want. The James Taylor, um, your smiling face. Mm-hmm. The drum fills in that are perfect. They couldn't have been any better. Whoever that drummer was, and I looked him up and I forgot his name. Um, but that those are perfect drum fills. You couldn't have done any better with that with that particular. A song, you know, just just getting the things that that, that fit great, um, and th- those those drummers are the guys that I like listening to. So that's what I'm listening to, learning how to do the the Parliament thing and all that mess. And by the way, drummers can if we could if we could actually play all the stuff that we could talk. We'd be the best players on the planet. That is so true. Oh, here we go. We're googling. Smiling face drummer. I have the technology. Right. Because we have Google or I... Russell Kunkel. Russell Kunkel is a guy's name, or as I like to preface it, I stuck it in my Google box and got the answer. Right. Well, Russell Kunkel... I named Russell Kunkel. Kunkel played perfect drum fills. And just getting those perfect drum fills, 
into into what I'm doing. You know, it's just well, while we're here and while I'm looking at it, uh, this dude has played with. Ooh, he's crazy old. He was born in '48. He's played with Linda Ronstadt, James Taylor, obviously. Dan Fogelberg, see Stephen kind of Stills, stuff, Bob yeah. Dylan, Neil Young, Stevie Nicks. So he's done. Oh, he's Carol just, King, right. Jackson Brown. He's done a lot of stuff. All right. I'll, okay. So I admit it here and now. I need to check that song out. Yes, I mean it's 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 really a lot of fun. It's a blast to play. What's some of the other stuff? Oh, I've been listening to, um, uh, Velvet Saints. Uh, Kevin gave me two of the CDs and everything. That Kevin Manning and. Um, I've been listening to them on. I, I love that stuff. There's I'm, some good stuff. They've, I mean, they're interesting. I really and from you know when okay when everybody was playing like uh, the hair bands and stuff. Right. You know, me and Kevin have talked about this before. We were all into the Cure, right, and Depeche Mode. And one of my favorite bands from that era is like Susie and the Banshees, The Mission, um, Sisters of Mercy. I remember kind of stuff. Mercy, and um, they remind me, especially Kevin's voice. They remind me a lot. Of uh, the mission, <laughs> Tower of Strength. You know, <laughs> it's just like for the record, Manning. That's Dave making fun of you, not me. <laughs> it's not making. Dave fun. did it. <laughs> so no, yeah. that is some good stuff. I've heard that. I've heard one of the records, and I don't remember which one it is. Yeah, it's just that. Um, that's I where did, all the goth kids came from. And yeah, like, back then, you know, you could look in my closet, and you know, you couldn't see anything because everything was in black. Wait, you were a goth kid? I was. I had black hair. Get the fuck all that out kind of here. Oh, yeah, you? Yes. Why is it that all the goth kids are tall? That's a very good question. Because you're taller than me. Well, everybody knows I'm vertically challenged. I've already talked about it on the show. See the PC? Yeah. But, oh no, I'm fucking short. Vertically challenged <laughs> is just funnier. <laughs> I freely admit I'm fucking short. I got no problem with it. I've noticed that a lot of, go- of the male goth kids are usually tall. tall. Yeah. What is up with that? Maybe because I know Manning had to be, and he's tall. Well, I, I, maybe they just don't make pants that short. They don't make <laughs> black pants with zippers on them. <laughs> they didn't make the Jenkos for they short. They, they don't make the thirty, you know, twenty sixes. <laughs> it's just either it's either thirty thirty twos or, or something in there. Yes. I love you for that. <laughs> they don't make the Jenkos for short dudes. Right. Sorry, man. <laughs> you can't get on this ride. <laughs> Mom, I want off. No, man. <sighs> okay, is that it? Is that the anything else you want to throw in the what are you listening to? I think that's it, man. You know, just whatever project I'm on, usually, you know. I know you said it doesn't count, but that's just the way I well, am. You know, whatever the project way, that I'm, I'm really into at the moment, that's the stuff. That, oh, oh, where's it? oh, there's another one. It's um, Ambrosia. Ambrosia and bands like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the drumming on that stuff. If you listen to that old 70s stuff, it's remarkable. Oh, I yeah. Mean, how how sure. intricate, the, you know, like, um, what was the other one I was listening to? Little River Band. The, their mm-hmm. drummer and their bass player. Yep. Really cool, man. Well, That's and I think uh, what I meant when I said it doesn't count, I didn't realize that you were actually enjoying what you were doing, oh, yeah. what you're listening to for the tunes. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. Yeah. Gas Money, my main band, a lot of the stuff we do, I dig. A lot of the stuff we do, eh, I could take it or leave it. It's right. not something that I'm mm-hmm. going to pop into my CD player and, and just jam on it or whatever. Right. So that's why I said that. But because you actually enjoy it, I take oh. it back. It does count. Yeah, I mean, But the other part of that, what I was going to say is... One of the other episodes I did, I talked about how I don't think that today's musicians and today's artists and today's bands, I don't think they stack up to people that were here 30, 40 years ago. I just I just don't think they do. I don't feel that way. Uh, I don't have any facts to base it on. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of an opinion of listening to music for the past however long I've been alive, 40 years. I mean, I'm... 43, but I can remember listening to music around four or five. So we'll just call it the last 40 years. But when you go back and you think about all the shit those guys did back then, and then you've got this new crop of musicians in the last 10, 15 years, not to shit on them, not saying they're not good. I just don't think they're as good. And they didn't put, they haven't put as much time in as, like I said in the other episode, us old dudes. Right. And I don't know if it's because of the internet. I don't know if it's just because we're lazy. I don't I don't have an answer, but I've noticed it. And I've also, again, I've said this in the other episode, I noticed it in my students too. 
this, the pre-teenage, teenage kids mm-hmm. I have now, yeah. they don't have the same drive as the kids I had 10 years ago. Right. Kids I had 10 years ago, I mean, they were little sponges. Mm-hmm. Now I get just kind of, well, so-and-so doesn't do it that way. And it's just they don't want to work for anything. Do you agree with that or do you disagree? I completely agree with that. And this is this is where I kind of base that off of is, you know, the guys that put the time in and, you know, I think they, we, I'm going to include us in that because I think we play tastier. You know, the guys, the new guys, they, they get on YouTube. And, of course, you know, there's there's tons of great players on YouTube. Oh, absolutely. But they're all about the chops and the licks. And they're not worried about, you know, fitting into the song. It's all about me, me, me. True. You know, it's just like, watch this. You know, I'm giving you a Grammy for that mouth drumming right, you just right. did. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah. But it's not like, mm. you know, it's just, it, they, they just want, they just want instant gratification. They're not in it to like really learn how to feel and, and do right. their thing. I get you know, that. I, I see that. I agree with that. I mean, Nobody cares about a feel. Nobody cares about space anymore. It, well, drum it, drum wise, that yeah, is space. People, and, you know, that's it, drum wise. It, it's like big box drumming. Oh, you know, it's just like you know, you, you go to a big box store and it's all right there, and you know, it's, it's just big box drumming. You just you know, and and some of those like cats that. and some of those cats are way faster than I am, and they can play with their feet faster than I can play with my hands. I don't care. Oh, I don't need it. That's cool, man. I'm, I tell I'm my students the same thing. I've got two or three students right now that are faster than me, yeah. and I encourage them to get even faster than if that if that's what they want to do. Yeah, man. If, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't bother me. And I, I had a uh, one of my friend, one of my other drumming buddies asked me one time, he said, uh, we were talking about this kind of thing, and he said, you have students that are faster than you? And I said, yeah. He goes, <clears throat> It doesn't bother you? I said, man, I don't give a shit. Right. Wow, I said, because if, if it comes to going on an audition and I go with those guys and we go together, 99.9% sure I'm going to get the gig before they do because I understand music better than they do. I don't care that they're faster than me. Right. And again, I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. That doesn't mean I'm no. special. No. I just think about, for me personally, I just think about, the song in the music mm-hmm. and what yeah. it's going to take to make that tune, but especially right. in an original project, right? Covers are a little different. I do take liberties, but I think we all do right. when we play covers, even well, the yeah, guitar I mean, players and the singers, every all in the bass players, all of us take liberties when we play covers. When I'm doing original stuff, my biggest thing is what is going to serve the song fit in the song. What? I mean, I didn't really figure this out until I was probably, I'll say late twenties. I used to think that Ringo Starr sucked. No. He doesn't. Oh, I said you should. Shame on you. I know. I used to think that. I was going to. I was going to. Yes. But, it's, but it's because when I was in my early 20s, I didn't get it. Yes. Because up until I was, which this is coming on a future episode, kids. But up until I was 21, I listened to nothing but metal. Mm-hmm. No, and when I say nothing, right. I mean nothing but metal. Right. That's it. I didn't listen to pop. I didn't listen to funk. I didn't listen to mm-hmm. rock. I didn't listen to soft rock. I didn't listen to jazz. I didn't listen mm-hmm. to anything but metal. Right. So it never clicked in my head that feel in space in what supports mm-hmm. the song is right. better. I right. was obsessed with chops, right. which I think is part of the reason why I kind of identify with the kids that are, and I like the big box drumming. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm keeping right. that. Yeah. But I, I think that's why I identify with that because... That's all they give a shit about because they haven't, they haven't got it in their head and they haven't grasped it yet. But the difference between when I was in my 20s and the kids that are in their 20s now, it's almost like they're not going to outgrow that. Where I outgrew it, you outgrew it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you had yeah. your moments back in the day. You were yeah. listening to sure. Neil Peart and all that garbage. That's exactly what I was doing, actually. I don't like him. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Doesn't suck. I'll never be as good as that guy. Just not a fan. But... The, that whole era of players kind of mm. emulated Neil Peart. Mm. And then as you guys got older, and I will include myself in it too, we figured out what works for the song. Right. I've just noticed that a lot of today's players haven't grown out of that yet. Right. They're still into the, I love the big box drumming. That's awesome. But they're still in that mode. Right. At least that's what I see. Yep. You agree? Absolutely. 100%. Even some of the guys our age, I guess, that started later in life, Right, you know, are, are, that are in the big box category. Right, you know, it's just, dude, what, what, 
I mean, all you needed to do is go pop, pop, crash instead of didn't crash. And you're sitting there and you really you really want to help them out, but then you don't want to be a douchebag. No, I, you know, I, I get it. A, it's it's like, a fine line. Oh, golly, man. And then we go back to social media issues and right. we're all bashing each other. Right, which, you know, I'm not, I try to keep yeah, my mouth shut as I much know. as I can. But, but see, that's the other thing, you know, whenever people think we're assholes and stuff is when they ask us what we think. And then they don't like the answer. Which they don't like the answer. I told my wife I mean, over nine on, years man. ago, I told my wife over nine years ago when we got together, if you do not want an answer to a question, That's the truth. do not ask me a question because right. I will not fucking lie to you. Right. And yeah. most of my friends can contest to that. Okay. Now back to the Ringo thing. Okay. All right. So, the you know, I, 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 uh, I just can't get over how cool that guy is. You know, how unorthodox his drum beats are. And that's one of the reasons why I think I was so attracted to The Cure. Because that guy is the same way. Uh-huh. You know, he doesn't go boom, tap. He'll go... <laughs> you know, he's got like all these pads all around and done all these kind of crazy stuff. Right. And, you know, it's it's very, it's very not really a drum beat sometimes. It's more of like a, a, a creative effect. Right. And I think that's, you know, where, you know, Ringo was... was I think right. so, too. And, and like I said, it, it took me a long time to, to figure out that the song has to be the crown. Not the individual parts that make up the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where when I was listening to metal, and most guys that, that grew up listening to metal, and I don't mean just the hair metal. I mean, I'm, I listen, I was Slayer, Iron Maiden, still oh, a huge Iron Maiden fan. Slayer. Right. And all the old school, like the big four thrash bands, mm-hmm. Megadeth, Metallica, mm-hmm. Anthrax, all that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of us that grew up listening to that and kind of diving into that, I guess mm-hmm. is the best way to say yeah. it. You, you you'll hear a song and you'll go, oh my god, that drum part's the shit. And then you'll hear another song, dude, she had a bass part. Where when you hear a Beatles tune mm-hmm. or a James Taylor tune right, right, right. or even a P Funk tune, I mean, you can yeah. you can go across the board. Yeah. You just you get lost in the actual song, yeah. and then later you can dissect it. Where if you hear something like a an old an old school Slayer tune, the first thing you'll you'll hear is Dave Lombardo just ripping some drum shit, and you forget what the song is. Wow. You just hear okay. Dave Lombardo. So I think that's I think that comes with I, I call it musical maturity. It's what I try to teach my students too. Mm-hmm. Have musical maturity. Listen to the space. Listen to what's not being played. Right. That's the, my two cents the, anyway. This this is a, on that same thing that I wasn't into the hair band stuff. We you know we we were Depeche Mode and The Cure, like I said, and we were making fun of that. I recently, um, Mary Mary did a show where we did um, the soundtrack to. Rock of Ages. Oh, nice. So, and none of that, 0% of that is in my wheelhouse. Right. I, I remember not, you talking about that at QM. I couldn't yeah, really hear you because yeah. I was on the other side of the table. I, I was just like, whoa, what am I going to do with this? So I really had to sit down and spend hours. And I still did, you know, an, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, a seven and a half job. And I spent hours on that stuff trying to figure right. it out. These guys, man. That you really had to know how to play your instrument. Very, I mean, that just wasn't you know a gimmick. Those guys had great arranging. Oh, for great sure, great playing, very it, tasteful stuff. It turned into a gimmick, but not by them. Yeah, right. It turned into a gimmick by the record companies going, "Holy oh, shit, we, have, we can make we, a mint." Let's start making cookies out of this shit, and it just became yeah. cookie cutter bands. There right. was White Lion, there was White, there was White Pride, there was White this and White that. And it's like how many fucking white bands right. you need yeah. but they kept doing that thing and then the really good bands got lumped in that category mm-hmm. like and poison was cool man those guys had really great you know uh what was that what was the one song we did heaven who does heaven the ballad yes uh warrant warrant yeah warrant that was awesome man i mean it's great raw songwriting well, and I, yeah, and I, I and I just didn't appreciate it until I had to like start pe- taking it apart. Well, and I think most people don't. And in this, this is I'm not going on a hair metal crusade. I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up on that stuff. That mm-hmm. stuff is my roots. It will always be my roots. But I do think that it kind of gets a a shitty rap because it all got lumped together because the record companies figured mm-hmm. out they could make millions, and they did. Right. They did make millions. But I also think that was kind of, and I'm not being. Uh, conspiracy theorist on this, but I do think looking back now through history, music history, I do think that was kind of the beginning of the end as far as where we are now, sure. why bands can't make money anymore. Sure. And I'm not going to get on a soapbox, but I think that had a lot to do with it because mm-hmm. 
the record companies just got greedy. They went, holy shit, we can make millions. And they did. Yep. And, and good for them, kind of. Right. But now the rest of us kind of are eating the shit into the stick on that one. Right. But there was, I've said this a million times if I've said it once, I think Great White is one of the most underrated bands of that era. Those guys had so much blues influence in their playing. And if you listen to all their records, that shit is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm not really familiar with Great White. Once bit and twice shy. Uh, okay. Right. I gotcha. Right yeah. On. If you go back and listen to that stuff, was it super complicated? No. But they played the space like the quote old dudes did. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. had all that space and they had all that feel. I mean, you could listen to a to a Great White tune and go, you just can't help but do the whole funky chicken neck thing. You just <laughs> yeah. can't help it. And it's, you're going, the white listen, guy. To, listen to the hair metal band and I really want to go dance right now. And I don't even <laughs> dance. But I think they, they're a victim of that whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just got lumped yeah. into that category. And a lot of that shit was really good. Right. That being said, a lot of it was fucking garbage. Junk. It was super junk. Okay, so... Your turn. Yeah, it is my turn. Wait, are you hosting this shit? No. I'm not trying to take over. Why? You can. I don't care. <laughs> it's not like either one of us are making money. Um, so, because we were just talking about the whole hair metal thing, mm-hmm. I will go ahead and... Even though it's, I haven't listened to it lately, I've probably listened to it in the last month at least. The record that kind of got me out of hair metal. Let's do that. Okay. It's a record by a chick named Tori Amos. I know you've heard of her. The record is Little Earthquakes. Mm -hmm. That record blew my mind. I was 21. I think I just turned 21, actually. And I remember the uh, female thing I was with at the time. She was all into Tori Amos. And I'm, what the hell is this shit? What? And I was still in my metal phase. Yeah, yeah. I was, in fact, when I was 20, 21, there was literally, literally a year where I listened to nothing but Iron Maiden. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. I, was, I admit it. It was bad. Is that where your face twitch comes from? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <You> little tick. <laughs> Probably. Um, but I remember we were hanging out and she put this CD in. And I completely forgot the world existed. N- nothing I had heard up to that point got me, I don't want to say excited, but confused me. It confused the shit out of me. I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And Matt Chamberlain is the drummer on that record. Actually, he's the drummer on almost all of her records, I believe. Yeah. Um, fast forward a few years, I've actually seen her twice, three times. Phenomenal show. But yeah. anyway, the record, first song on that record is called Crucify. And it was the first time I really felt what space is in drumming and he's he's doing this pattern and he's got this groove going and he's he didn't hit a snare for almost three minutes and i didn't it was it was like i just wanted to kill the fucking radio because i didn't understand Mm -hmm. how can you what's wrong with that guy not hitting a snare so i sat there and looked at the stereo like the kids used to do in their 50s i didn't move till the record was over true story i hit play again I had to listen to the record again. Yeah. The production is phenomenal. I think it's phenomenal, especially for the time. I think that record came out in, I'll go with 91. I don't know off the top of my head. I have can stick Sounds it in my Google it, box, but ish, I don't feel like yeah. it. Yeah, we'll go with ish. ish. 90, 91. Yeah. It's early 90s. I do know that for sure. Because uh, it was kind of part of the uh, the female Lilith Fair movement yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. Um, although Tori Amos was always the most talented one, in my opinion. But that, yeah, that record changed my life completely. My music life, that is. And it's the, the songwriting that she does and the way she tells a story. I'm kind of obsessed with stories. I love stories. Yeah. Um, you got that from my first podcast. And we've talked about it before. Stories are great. It's the one thing that's never going to change. Our life is just a collection of stories. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not going to go away. Right. Stories let's, are going to be make there. Some new ones. Yeah. Let's make some, hey, man, let's make some new some stories. stories. Um, but I think with. Musically and production-wise, like I said, in the way that she writes her songs, and when I saw her live, she told a story. It's a very short story, and I'm not, I'm gonna screw it up because I don't remember it for verbatim. But one of the things she said is she always tells the crowd at the beginning of her shows she wasn't sure which babies to bring with her. And the first time she said that, I was like, "What's this crazy bitch talking about? I don't think I like her." Any-. She's referring to her songs. Yeah. She says she that she labors over which babies to bring on tour with her. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was cool because yeah. she thinks that not only she thinks that much of her songs, 
in her songwriting, but she actually cares about what she writes. For example, you've got guys and girls that have written tons of songs, and some of them they could give two shits about. Yep, take the song, I don't care, I don't like it. But she, every one of them has a specific meaning to her, and I thought that was kind of cool. But that record is amazing. You should check that record out if you never have. Well, the the drummer, just listening to him... (laughs) As it's married, I listen to it just for that. Uh, oh, Matt Chamberlain's an yeah. amazing yeah. drummer. It's awesome guy. Stupid good. Yeah. So good. Right. Lots to learn there. Oh, yeah. I, that's, he's one of those guys that I, I watch him play or I listen to him play, and I just go, yeah, I kind of suck. You know, that's, 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 on the same thing, you, you think of Taylor Hawkins as the Foo Fighters guy, and I saw him playing with, um, golly, it was in. It was. I was learning a Alanis song. Morissette. Alanis Morissette. I got you, Doug. Wow, thank you. You're welcome. And man, <laughs> that guy, it's totally different. Totally cat. different. Totally, totally different from what he does with yeah. Foo Fighters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was like, dude, that kills it. I mean, it was so tasty. And yeah, a whole it's, new respect for. Well, you got it. You know, a whole new respect for that guy on a different. That's right, cool. but it's it's interesting when you chicks bring it out of us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes they do. But at least we get the actual musical meaning of it. They just get, oh my God, I love her so much. Um, But it's interesting to me, I should have said, not to you. It's interesting to me when you really delve into somebody's musical history. Uh, I don't necessarily care about somebody's personal history as far as a a, a musician. I mean, unless we're friends, that's completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I talked about that before. I don't... I don't give a shit. It's none of my business. I don't care if you're a douchebag. If you're a great player, mm-hmm. I'm going to study you and I'm going to learn some of your stuff. Right. And I'm going to figure out why it works for you and why it doesn't. I don't care. I mean, unless you're absolute, complete, just pile of fucking garbage. Right. It's completely different. But I, I think it's um, it's interesting when you look at people in their history, like you were talking about with Taylor Hawkins. I don't, have you seen the documentary Hired Gun yet? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. <sighs> so when you look at Jason Hook... He's a guitar player for Five Finger Death Punch. And he got to start with Mandy Moore. Mm-hmm. And that's the chick. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not busting his balls at all, but how awesome is that? Right. The dude's, he's done everything. Right. He's gone from the pop world. Now he's in the super heavy world. Right. It's it's just cool. Right. Music is amazing. I love it. You know, you, you were talking about, you know, your your level of success on your first podcast. And this, that documentary really brought some stuff home for me. Oh yeah. Because I, you know, I've always aspired to be, you know, a hired gun and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know whether those guys were just bad businessmen or they, they blew it all on, you know, doing cocaine off of stripper titties or, or whatever <laughs> they did. But they talk about coming back from I'm serious. You know, they talk about coming back from tour and being broke. Right. Well, you know, I've been on tour before. You don't have to do that. You can come back and have quite a nest, you know, because you can eat off, you know, crafty. You can eat, you know, you don't have to spend all your money. I agree. I, mean, I agree a million percent. However, and we're I'm totally, we're not going to get in an argument. Um, so that's not where this is coming from. Right. But considering what we were just talking about with the way the industry is now, right. there's probably not as much money now as there used to be. So in that documentary, I don't know if they were talking about past or present. Because I know some of those dudes are doing tours now. And one of them on the documentary, and I'm not going to say his name because I'm not a name dropper. I know him personally. We're not super, super tight, but we're friends. He don't make shit. Mm -hmm. He's he's a hired guy. He gets the dates. They tell him how long he's going to be gone, what he's going to make, and that's what he does. He goes out and he comes back. I know know a hired gun um, for the country industry he used to be. Um, he got off because you know he was tired of being on tour and all that. Right. And then all of a sudden they go off to make a record, and then you know he's you know he's working at a record store, right? You know, and they're only making anywhere from twenty five to thirty thousand a year, right? You know, so it's I think it's it's a it's a murky water right. to kind of wade through because if you're in a quote band situation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you don't have a front person like a Luke Bryant or a mm-hmm. Alanis Morissette, mm-hmm. whoever it is, right. those are the artists, and then there's the backing band. Yeah. Then you have bands. There's the the Motley Crue or yeah. the whatever. Pick a damn band. Right. It doesn't matter. I think monetarily, mm-hmm. those are also two separate entities as well. 
Because if you're backing up an artist like a Luke Bryan or something, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're not making money, but you ain't making near as much as him. His name's on the billboard, not the man's name. So that's yeah. I think that plays into it as well. Yeah, but you know, I've got relatives that work very closely in the in the country industry, and the the difference between those guys really is they kind of take care of their bands. Like um, some of those cats have had their same bands for 20 years now. They're not right. on the records. Right, you know they they don't they play get on the, the studio cats. They, yeah, you know, they got the studio cats, but you know they're on a per diem. They they do all that kind of stuff. After seeing that documentary, I'm not even sure I want to do that anymore. I really like the space and the place where I am right now. Right, you know I get to play out every weekend. People come to see the bands that I play for. You know it it, it feeds my ego. <laughs> it, feeds, it feeds you know you know it feeds my bank account. Right. I do I, I you know I get calls all that kind of stuff, and I really don't have to. You know I know that. Every band that I'm in will end one day. Oh, you know, for it's just sure. you know they all have it's a inevitable. shelf life. Yeah, it's, they all have a shelf life. Yep. Somebody's going to get pissed. Somebody's going to do this. Blah blah blah. But, you know, better this, better that, less this, less that. It right. doesn't matter. It's going to ha- so you're going to have to reshuffle and do it again. You know, riding that wave and stuff. I consider myself you know extremely successful in my world. I, Absolutely, I don't mind being a minnow in a puddle. Uh, no, you know? I don't. I, if I if I was if I was playing twenty you know for twenty five thousand you know I'm not sure if I would consider that as as big a success. Knowing that you know when I came off, you know, it's it's. I think it's relative, and that's yeah. what I talked about in that yeah. episode. I think you know, it's relative. It's, I think people. I think people look at the word success wrong, and they look at success as a whole wrong. I know people that have gone out and played in front of 25,000 people right. seven, eight nights in a row, come home, and I made more money than they did in one night. Mm-hmm. And that's not bragging. Yeah. I'm not bragging about yeah. that. It's yeah. it's just this weird thing, and people view success so differently. Do I want to do the hired gun thing? Yes, I want to tour the country. I would love to tour the world, but I want to tour the country once. I've done some mini tours. I've done some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like the road, but I don't want to be on the road forever because after six, seven months, I'm probably going to want to be home because I'm kind of mm-hmm. OCD-ish on certain things yeah. and I want to be home eventually. But I still want to go on the I want to go on the road so bad. I miss it. I, and I've never got to do – I've done up and down the East Coast – um, sort of over in the Midwest kind of ish area where right. we live now in Kentucky, mm-hmm. but most of the stuff I've done has been about up about and down. What the, I've done. Yeah, most of the stuff I've done. Miami is, to Manhattan. Yes, with the exception of the Miami and Manhattan. <laughs> 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 I've done. I have done Jacksonville. That's as low as I've ever played. Yeah. So Jacksonville to. Actually, that's a lie. I've not played Manhattan, but I did play New Albany, New York. Or, Sorry, New Albany, Indiana, dumbass. Albany. Albany, New yeah. York. And I have played uh, Jersey City. Mm. And the night in between, we were in Albany on Thursday and we were in Jersey on Friday, Saturday. So on Friday, we spent the day in New York City. So I guess technically you can say I did. Hell yeah. I did Florida to New York. Which, I mean, <laughs> I did do Florida to New York, yeah. but I did Miami to Manhattan, even though I've never been to Miami. But, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's relative. And I think if you... I personally feel that if everybody just kind of takes stock of themselves, and not in a bullshit way, don't buy into your own bullshit. I said that on another episode. Don't, just don't fucking do that. Look at it genuinely and look at it logically. Yeah, I've done cool shit. Yes, David Hoback has done cool shit. Mm -hmm. Are we famous? Nope, who cares? My life's awesome. Yours? I'm happy as a clam, man. There you You go. I'm I'm tickled to death. You know, going on the road, this would be, to me, something like... um, Going out on the road with fish. Now, I'm not a hippie guy or anything, but a band like that, they uh-huh. were just toured all the time, right. you know, for like the last 16 years or whatever. So I was thinking 60, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that, that, that that would be fun. I mean, that's that, that that would feel like a big family just cruising around like in a big circus. Absolutely. That, that would be For sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's... Like I said, it's all relative, and there's a lot of shit I want to do, but I wouldn't trade my life for anything. Right. What's what's the other guy that I like so much? JC something in the business. He tours a lot. He he comes to the the FPK things all the time, and and headliners. JC Rodman in the business or something? You you know? I have no idea. Honestly, I really don't. That's one of those bands that tour constantly. That would be a fun gig too. All right, I'll write all that shit down after we're done recording. Whatever. I don't don't know. Yeah. It doesn't ring a bell. Hmm. Anyway. Well, that's it, kids. That's the show for the day. It's the show for the week. It's the show for the month. I have no idea when this is going to post. But I do want to thank you 
David, for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so cordial and so nice. Thanks. You're so welcome. Seriously, thanks for coming by and hanging out. I appreciate it. No worries, man. You are welcome anytime. I said, uh, I, I told myself when I would do, when I started doing this, I told myself that if, uh, if anybody was shitty, I'd edit their ass out and then I wouldn't have them back. Yeah. But this was fun. Did you have fun? Absolutely. How do you spell that? Don't. I'm, I really don't want to know. <laughs> Just as the, I think it's very similar to Fantabulous. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. But that's the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you dug it. Any any last words for the day? Everybody just be nice to everybody. I know, right? Right. Damn. Yeah. So that's it. We're out of here. And as I say every episode, at the end of every episode, go do some shit. Seriously, go. Leave now. Yes, Dave, tell him. Get up. Go. Go, pra- go practice. Go practice for Ooh, at least a half an a hour. 45 minutes. Ish. Ish. <laughs> at least a half an hour. Then. All right, fine. At least right. a half an hour. All right, that's it. We're out of here. Y'all. So until next time, I will talk at you soon.